One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that challenges our guests to tell three song stories in order to get to know them better through the lens of musical memories. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Lisa Sputoni. Lisa's president and CEO of the downtown Fort Myers River District Alliance and is a marketing and public relations veteran with more than 20 years experience developing programs and events. Her career has included executive positions with museums and Southwest Florida attractions. In her role as president and CEO of the R. She's responsible for downtown Fort Myers' most treasured and successful events, Art Walk on the first Friday of every month and Music Walk on the third Fridays, as well as a variety of other holiday events like the New Year's Eve Countdown, Freedom Fest, and downtown's St. Paddy's Day Celebration. She's also an accomplished destination marketer serving on the Florida Attractions Association Board of Directors, Visit Florida Cultural Heritage Nature Advisory Committee, the Lee Trust for Historic Preservation, and she's been involved in a variety of other community organizations. Born and raised in a suburb of New York City, Lisa's lived in Fort Myers for more than 26 years now and says she loves the area's old Florida charm. She says she lives and works and plays downtown and considers herself to have the best job around. I have spent a ton of time downtown in my life, including years living, working, and playing there myself, so can certainly understand where she's coming from on that one. Now, let's get to those song stories. Hey there, Lisa. Hi. How you doing? Uh, great. Um, what brought you to Fort Myers? Actually, I came from Fort Myers from Oklahoma. I went to school, and who does that? Who leaves New York City yeah. and um, uh, goes to school in Oklahoma? Well, I did that, and I wound up in Oklahoma for a while, and then um, my parents had vacationed ah, in Naples. classic story. And I decided that that's where I wanted to spend my the rest of my life, and I've been happy with that decision ever since. Hmm. So what was the background of your childhood when you were still there in New York? When I was a kid, I um, I often would tease my parents as an adult because I was born in the 60s, and I grew up outside of Woodstock, actually. And I said, we should have been mud babies, me and my brother. Um, But there was no Jimi Hendrix or um, Janis Joplin played in our house. Um, My parents were pretty straight-laced, and I I like to tease my mom sometimes and say I was raised by Donna Reed. (laughs) Um, My fondest memory of my mom is seeing her in one of those pink Jackie O dresses and the headband. And um, And they listened to music occasionally, not often. But when we first moved to the suburbs, I remember one of the first pieces of furniture was that stereo console. Sure, yeah. That it was like like that meant we had made it to the suburbs. And it was this – it was a piece of furniture Uh uh that played music. And they bought some albums. And the coolest album that they bought at that time was – Herb Albert. And mm-hmm. I just remember that. And they would play Ray Conoff, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. So I was not raised with a lot of, of, of the early rock and roll or even the Beatles. I had an aunt um, that listened to the Beatles and Chubby Checkers. And, and that was I, coming from outside <laughs> the family. Though. Exactly. So my parents would listen um, and to, to, to that kind of music. And those are my early childhood memories is listening to kind of more of the, 
I, I feel like I was in this suburb in a bubble uh-huh. and yeah. and and I really was not exposed to any of what was going on in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for that time, there was a lot going on in the world. Exactly. <laughs> and I had no idea. And and being raised in a suburb of New York City, I I I it was it was phenomenal because I was allowed to do a lot of things that a lot of people who were raised elsewhere don't get to do. I could I was I we lived around a lake and so I water skied and and boated and then I snow skied and ice skated mm. and I really had a very charmed childhood. And so when I hear songs that that my parents used to play, it really does take me back to this really charmed life. And I feel very fortunate that I was able to be raised that way when all this chaos was going on in the world. They did protect me from it. Understood. Did you get to spend much time going into the city? I mean, were you, you know, when you were a teenager and stuff like that, or were you sticking out in the suburbs? Well, I actually, I was an adventurer. So um, my family, um, my grandparents still lived in the Bronx, so we would go there. And my mother liked to go to Broadway, and occasionally we would we would make the trip to um, New York City. And then I, at Christmas time, we would always go and see because it it was just a, a family tradition. And so even trying to pick a song from my early childhood, I was surprised I didn't pick a Christmas song because that hmm. was something that was very happy also. But but when I hear the songs that my parents played, it does take me to this really great place in my mind. And, and, and I sometimes I meditate to them because it just it, – it, it's just a great feeling. Can you remember a time that move, music moved you in some way when you were younger that was different somehow to you that stuck? I think the first – 45, because again, child of this, the 60s, that I bought okay. was American Pie, oh. Don McLean's yeah, American yeah, Pie. Yeah. And I would play it over and over and over again. And I, I learned later in school the exact meaning of, of all those verses. Um, but I, I remember hearing that song and being very proud to be an American um, at, 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 at whatever age. I was, I was young when I had it. And, and that song moved me um, a, a lot. Um, you know, again, I heard a lot of the Beatles and, and, they, it, and I never was exposed to hard rock, which was going on at that time also. Um, but – I would have to say it was it was American Pie, and now today when I still hear American Pie, there's it gives some, me shivers. Yeah, there's something about that song. There's mm-hmm. got a lot in it, you know. It does. It has. It's all about the history of the uh, of the '60s and the '70s and mm-hmm. what was going on. And and I had never um, looked at music that way until I think it was a social studies class when I was in high school that they they explained all those verses and. And it was odd that as a small child, I took to that song. Hmm. Um, um, did you ever play musical instruments or was that it happening around you it, it, to any degree? Well, um, all right. So my last name is Sputoni and every good Italian child learns to play the accordion. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so I actually at a very young age uh, played the accordion and would have to perform um, – and I wasn't very good at it. So then we moved to the violin, and I 
I took violin lessons, and my parents were like, please practice outside. And then um, I, 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 I said, one more try, and I, I tried the piccolo. And I realized that I just did not have an aptitude for music, but gotcha. I loved music so, so very much. And in my mind, when I play these things, they sound well, but apparently they don't. You never got to the sounding good part, (laughs) basically. Uh, Okay, well, let's get to your first song then. Okay. What is it? It is actually A Taste of Honey Mm -hmm. by Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass Band. And do you want to tell a story about it first, or do you want to listen to it and then tell a story? I will. Let's listen to it first. Okay. This is A Taste of Honey by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass Band, released in 1965 on the album Whipped Cream and Other Delights. Hey, Lisa. I just I want to actually thank you for bringing that song because uh, that is a song that that hook at the beginning, right? That has been in my head on and off for years because every time I hear it somewhere in the background or something, I, I notice it, but I had I have no way to look it up. <laughs> so you didn't know it was that. I didn't know the name. Oh, okay. So name. <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, Thank you for saying that. Uh, yeah, of course. I, I knew it was big. I knew it was ubiquitous enough to hear in the backgrounds of movies and yeah. other things. But yeah, I just never knew the name. So thanks. Oh. <laughs> so where is it? I mean, you've already kind of framed, you know, what that kind of music takes you to. But what are you thinking when you're hearing that? When I hear that song, to me, it just screams 1960s. Yeah. And it does take me back to a place. And I vision my parents were not big dancers. They were not big music lovers. But I picture them putting that song on and, and, and just dancing and, and just having oh, yeah. so much fun. And then I just remember my childhood as just, you know, being something that was so special and, and, and so good. As, I, as we had talked about, the world was, was kind of crazy at the time. And even that song, it's, it's very high tempo. And then all of a sudden, it kind of gets a little dark. Yeah. And, then it, and then it comes back up. And that's kind of what the 60s was huh. um, to me, that it, it, it just, you know, it ebbed and flowed with, with really good things going on and then some really, really bad things going on. So I just, it just brings back just a period of my life that was happy and free, and I didn't have worries. Of course, I thought I did, but I really didn't. Yeah, and in it- retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, and for me, if I had to, like, think back to the earliest album cover I could remember, it was that whipped cream and other <laughs> delights because it was pretty titillating for a little kid. <laughs> well, that's – it's so funny because I mentioned that I was – I was that this was my first cho- song choice, and somebody who is, is – uh, a couple of decades older than me said, I bought that album and had to hide it from my parents. <laughs> I believe because, it. You know, <laughs> she I spent was, a fair amount of time looking at it. <laughs> well, she, he goes, she was wrapped in what cream? And I, again, I was, I was a small child. I was like, She's wrapped in rope cream. I never realized until absolutely, until you know. And 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 Richard, who who is in the booth there, his he's the pilot episode of this podcast, and his third song is this song called Tank, and it's a I was jazz- going to say it's, a, it's yeah. so and and he describes it as pure music, yeah, and that's exactly what that song is. That song is pure music. It mm-hmm. just came out, you know. 50 years before Tank did or 40 years or whatever. Uh, but anyway, yeah, well, thanks for bringing it in. I hadn't listened to it 
I mean, I hadn't listened. I've heard, I like, I'm sure I've heard it, but mm-hmm. I haven't really listened to it maybe since I was even a kid. But mm-hmm. I could think and hear and see every note coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So thank you. Um, so uh, where does music fit into your life now? I know, I mean, besides Music Walk, just do you listen to music a lot? Do you listen to music at work? Do you have, you know? My favorite thing to do, and this is my ideal vacation, and I just got back from vacation, is getting in my car and put, and, and alone putting on music and just it's a one woman concert from <laughs> from from start to finish and i just love listening to music because it does evoke so many memories yeah. of it because it did play a huge part in my life of 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 what was going on in my life and i listen to all kinds of different music so i i, I just when I'm happy, I listen to music. When I'm sad, I listen to music. And I I, I just – it it brings a smile back to my face. Hmm. It just does. How do you listen to music these days? Are, have you gone all digital? Are you still playing CDs? Do you have vinyl? I listen to um, – I, I just bought my son uh, vinyl and I'm buying him the old um, records. I gave away my record uh, collection. I don't know – if if um, you remember, but they used to put record albums in crates. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah and yeah. I had two cratefuls of albums, and I love album that's covers. That's like a unit of measure yeah. in albums, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and that's how much I loved music, um, uh, because I would just listen to it all the time. So today, I listen to it on my phone. I listen to it through TV because they have the significant stations. I listen to it in my car. I have CDs. I I don't have any um, more uh, cassette tapes. Okay. Th- those those days are gone. But um, and who knows? Maybe they'll make a resurgence. Well, I think there is a sort of an effort at that happening right now among some bands. Um, besides buying that vinyl for your son, when was the last time that you bought music that had a physical form, like a CD or something, for yourself? Probably in 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 the last. In the last year, I, I, I purchased some CDs um, because I, I just I, – if I see a CD that has a, an album that I had when I was younger or – You've snagged it. I've snagged it. Hmm. I've, I've taken to going in the Goodwill and spending 20 minutes going through all the CDs there because every now and then I'll find just one that's just like that. And it's <laughs> like, oh, I remember that. I have to have that for 99 cents or whatever. <laughs> um, so if I do the math right, you got here in the 90s. Yes. Um, downtown in the 90s. I remember downtown in the mid-90s. There wasn't a lot going on down there. When you first came here, did you spend any time downtown or were you you know, down in Naples or elsewhere in southwest Florida? I actually did spend time in downtown Fort Myers. I, um, my children went to St. Francis, okay. so, which is right, right, uh, right downtown. And um, I was a big supporter of of cities. And so I went down the first time I went to downtown Fort Myers, I noticed they had the bookstore um and they had the book repair um mm-hmm. binding uh, place. Yeah, yeah. And they had at that time, so this is the early 90s, they had vintage clothing stores mm-hmm. and vintage uh, a lot of antique shops and I thought I had hit jackpot and yeah. I was so excited. And then all of a sudden within 6 months those establishments started closing, and and downtown was not. Um, some of them stayed. Very few stayed. There open. was a gulf in the middle of the mm-hmm. early <clears throat> early to mid nineties where mm-hmm. it was mostly just lawyers 
and people being Bales, dealing bonds, with minions. lawyers. Yes. Downtown. <laughs> and that's what I noticed. And, and taking my children to school because I even wanted to you – know, being around St. Francis, there wasn't a lot of places to eat. And there wasn't a lot of places to eat downtown. No, so yeah. I would yeah, – and I would go twice a day to St. Francis and, 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 and I was very disappointed because I saw the beauty – in the buildings and what it could be. Mm-hmm. And apparently others did too yeah. because yeah. the work began. Um, you know, so um, we, Gulf Coast Live is the show that we do here on WGCU. It comes on one in the afternoon. We launched it back in 2004. And the first time we ever did a live on remote, on-scene show was at Liquid Cafe, which is on the corner of First and Hendry, which is now the British Cafe or whatever. United. It's United, United, yeah. Um, and it was, uh, uh, at the time, city councilman Mike Flanders mm-hmm. and Andres Duani, who was the city planner or mm-hmm. the architect who designed what's basically there today. And so I remember when that whole thing started happening. So it's really remarkable to drive through downtown, which I do four times a day because where I live, mm-hmm. and see what's there now. So I, it must be great just to be able to live in that world now for you. It, it is just amazing because it's small enough Yet big enough right. to 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 really enjoy and and every everyone when when I say everyone I'm talking about uh, government the government officials uh, the the uh, the store owners the 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 property owners the people that work and live there everyone is very committed to bringing um, Fort Myers to be even better than it is today. And I really think that that's going to happen. And culturally, um, historically, um, all of those things are just coming together now. And it is just a beautiful, charming city that 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 it, it's old Florida. Yeah, yeah. And they've done a good job of holding on to the old mm-hmm. Florida aspect of it. I mean, there are some people who complain about the number of high rises that are going up around the place. Mm-hmm. But that core there... It seems like they've really kept it. It's really nice. Well, downtown Fort Myers does have the largest concentration of historic structures anywhere in southwest Florida. So I, I think that's what makes us so much different than anywhere around us. Absolutely. So how did you wind up at the River District Alliance? How long have you been there? I've been there a little over a year. Okay. So relatively new. Yes. Although <laughs> I have gone to art walks and music walks and, and participated in, in all the events. And uh, I just... I I I as as we've said in my intro I live work and play down there and and it was just a really good fit for me to take this position and and I'm having a lot of fun with it and I'm changing things up quite a bit. Okay. Um like what? What's the short version of that? <laughs> well, the short version of that is so Art Walk celebrated 10 years. Um, and I don't know if people knew that in October we had this big celebration and I started looking into what how that all began. And I started talking to some of the people, some of the gallery owners, very few of them are still there, but what their whole design was and what the whole concept of that was. And um, I'm bringing that back. this Tonight, we're celebrating the galleries. So what galleries are there? Um, they're having open houses. I've, um, I'm having an umbrella demonstration. Mm. Um, uh, uh uh, I have artists doing demonstrations, and come October, uh, the first Friday, we will be celebrating 11 years, and I will bring you back, bringing back the art vendors, and okay, cool. We will. Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. The, oh. I am going to have pottery wheels up and down First Street. Oh, that's going to be a cool vision. And we'll be doing demonstrations, and we will allow people 
to start throwing their own pots and maybe even mm. have a kiln there. You know, um, uh, that's really cool. I'm glad to hear that. And um, I wish, you know, you just alluded to this. There's been a lot of galleries that have come and gone downtown. I wish people would spend as much money on art as they did on food. I'm just saying it, just putting that out there on the record. Because, you know, there's been a bunch of great galleries downtown. It's just really hard to do the math and make it work. It's just, it seems to be the fact of life that's gone and kept going. So anyway, song number two. Song number two. I really um, had a hard time with song number two because there were so many songs in between growing up and today that um, were significant in my life. And I, 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 you know, my first song choice was I wanted to, to do Video Killed the Radio Star. Okay. But I – because it really did change the way – that we listen to music. And, and uh, you know, as a teenager in the late 70s and, and 80s, um, when MTV came on mm-hmm. board, it really – and it was that video. And then I thought what the concept of this show is, is to evoke an emotion, not the history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and so I went back to um, a song that I actually had – two albums, and I wore them out. And then I had two CDs because I wore out the first CD. And um, I I really, this song really just described what it was like being a teenager. And I still think the, the, the song, anyone who's a teenager listening to it, 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 it could apply to them today. And I love this song. I know all the words before there was karaoke. I had a wooden spoon. And um, just the whole album itself, I just – it just was it, – it was about that teenage angst. And, and, and I could just so relate. And every single time I hear this song, I, I make it louder and I just – I just sing like no one. I was going to say, you're singing along then, right? (laughs) Okay, well, let's picture it. Okay, you ready to listen to it? Yes. All right, this is, uh, we we haven't even told them what it is yet. So the anticipation (laughs) must be killing them. This is uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf from his 1977 album, That Out of So uh, what kind of car would you have been driving around listening to that in back then? Well, my first boyfriend had one of those... Convertibles that ha- red Chevrolet that had the flames coming, <laughs> and um, um, yeah, I would have been been listening to that song in that car. And um, I actually like from the time I heard that song, I had to have the album, and I had to hear it over and over and over again. And I literally do know all the words to to that song, and. Anytime it comes on, I'm just singing. I don't care who's around. I just start singing it. You're getting a thumbs up from Tara in the booth. That's one of the songs. She was singing the whole time behind you, by the way. Was she? <laughs> um, and, man, talk about – we said that other song is pure music. That mm-hmm. song's like pure musical theater almost mm-hmm. because it just tells a story. There isn't a, an entire story in those eight minutes that you – if you listen closely, you're in that story. <laughs> exactly. Well, any teenage girl yeah. who has a boyfriend – is going to have to make that decision. Yeah. And and that song is just it just explains the the, the whole thing. 
It's deeper than it sounds. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm sure I've listened to it, too, but I haven't listened to it that closely again until re, till now. Uh-huh. And, yeah, there's a lot in that song. <laughs> there's a lot into that song. <clears throat> you ever see Meatloaf Live? No, and I want to, and I, I had heard that he was he was touring again. Oh, really? I, yeah. Okay. So I would love to see him. But what's so interesting is that my son, I went to visit my son just recently, and I walked into his house. And this song was playing, oh, and wow. I said, and he didn't know anything about oh, wow. me coming on this show, and he and I said, Anthony, Milo's playing, and he said, Oh, mom, I love this album, and it had the album cover on it, and he goes, It just reminds me of my childhood. So apparently, it leaked I, out. Yes, <laughs> I have listened to this song all my life. When was the last time you listened to it like closely? Before having chosen it for this uh, podcast, um, probably two months before. Gotcha. I, it just again, you know, I just love every song on that album. So I'll just play the album, and again, it brings me back to a time and a place where you know that's when we start making decisions that are going to affect the rest of our lives, uh-huh. and 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 that's what it brought me back to. Hmm. Um, live music. You haven't seen Meatloaf. Do you have any peak live musical memories that, you know, shows that you got to see over the days? Well, I was very fortunate growing up in 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 a suburb of New York City, so I got got to go to Madison Square Garden. Um as as a young child I saw um my first concert was Peter Frampton. Wow. And um I've seen Elton John at Madison Square Garden, um, ZZ Top, uh, The Police. Wow. Uh, I I am jealous. And then um, also in the late 70s, early 80s, they were doing these um, – the Yell Bowl would do these performances that were all-day festivals. So I have seen The Cars and The Beach Boys and um, um, The Babies and The Eagles. and The Babies. The Babies. I don't know The Babies. I think if you heard You could have made songs, that up and I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles, The Cars, The Police, The Babies. <laughs> well, it was just – I was going back. Little River Band. So they would all play this circuit. Um and so I again I was very fortunate growing up in a, in the part of a country that would um would I was exposed to all of these things. Now my parents were like I don't understand and I was a young girl when I was like I want to go see Led Zeppelin and they said uh no um you're not going to Madison Square Garden so I had to wait till I was significantly older to go but um I again got to see performances cuz as when I was younger it was Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, yeah. Aerosmith. And you were right there. I was right there and I just I was just too young and I couldn't go. Hmm. Can you remember the first time you got to go into the city by yourself without parental or grown up it help? Was, it was it was the Peter Frampton con- concert and I was actually the Chief of Police's daughter was 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 my friend, and so her and I and and a cousin and I went into the city, and and, and um, it was quite um, an interesting experience. I can imagine that being one you remember, yes, or at least flashes <laughs> of it. Um, what about Broadway musicals? Did did you have you seen many of those? Yes, I was because as, um, my mom used to like to go to Broadway, and and we would go um, and and see. 
the newest, the latest and greatest. I think I've seen 42nd Street I don't know how many times. Um, And they're all musicals. So, again, that was a different genre that I was exposed to, and I really, really did enjoy it. Hmm. Um, Do you go back to New York much these days? Have you been back? I try to go to New York at least two times, three times a year. Oh, okay. So you still are a part of it. Yes, I still have family up there. (laughs) And, and again, I love – I can go at all different times of years uh, of the year, all the different seasons, because I do enjoy all the seasons, and I I do get to go. And cool. What about karaoke? Seems like maybe, probably not from what you've said, but maybe so from what you've said. I I can't sing. Well, um, I, I, can't, to that. <laughs> I can't carry a tune. So so I've never um, I've never sang karaoke, but I do enjoy singing along. Singing along as long as there's other people singing. Exactly. You don't and, want and, to be the soloist. <laughs> <laughs> I thought once I start, I've been doing yoga and that, that I would find my inner voice. And I just said to my children recently, listen, I am no longer tone deaf. And they said, um, that's just in your mind. <laughs> Please don't sing you out loud. You can't hear that <laughs> yes. you're not. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, do you have any modern bands that you follow these days? Or do you live mostly in just the music from your life? I um I like some of the music that I hear, but I'm not so much into um I don't buy the music. I will listen to it if it's in my car. I think the Lumineers um okay. are interesting. I I think um the um Mumford and Sons, mm-hmm. very very very. I, I I'm considering maybe buying one of their CDs right. because I think they have a different sound. Um, but uh, I'm not really following. Uh, is it Chainsmokers? Is that is that the name? There's a name. Tara that, nodding. Yes. Yes. Um, they have some really um, fun, interesting songs. So I have because I do get in my car and I just I. I do aggravate people when I am driving because I'm just flipping to a better station all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. It is time for song number three. Okay. Well, song number three, you had asked me earlier about a song that really evokes emotion. And this song um, brings out so much emotion in me. And I will um, cry I will um, – it brings me back to a place that was a very difficult time in my life and that this song really gave me peace. It gave me hope. It gave me um, – I could identify with the lyrics and I um, I listen to it probably uh, once a year at a specific time um, every year for the last 19 years. Um, so – this song really means so much to me, and it was. This was when you when I was asked to do this. This song was that this was going to be in the mix. Hmm. Do you want to listen to it now? Do you want to talk a little bit more about what it evokes? Well, um, nineteen years ago, I was going through a very difficult time in my life. I had um, uh, in it, it, the years previous, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. He died nine months later. He was sixty years old. I had gotten divorced. I and I found myself um, dealing with problems through through alcohol, to be honest. And I um, 
and I, I just was not coping with life very well. And I decided 19 years ago, September 1st, to change my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I did. I stopped drinking, and uh, I've had 19 years of continuous no- – and, and this song and this album by Don Henley had come out. And there are a lot of tools I use to get me through this period. And that album – was one of them because he has a song on this album called You Can't Put the Genie Back in the Bottle. And um, and I think once when you have an addictive personality or you're addicted to whatever it is that you're addicted to, once you step over a line, you can't go back. And And I've often heard in using the tools. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. You can't make a pickle, a cucumber. Yeah, yeah. Toothpaste. Yeah, the toothpaste, (laughs) isn't it? And um, so this song is is all about gratitude and being grateful. And the lyrics, again, they just just really, I could have just touched my soul. And and when I am feeling a little... Bradish. I will put this song on, but I, once a year, I listen to the song and I remember back to what life was like and how um, it is today. And I am so very, very grateful. Hmm. And we just passed September first, so you must have just listened to it. Yes, I did. Well, let's listen to it here together. This is "My Thanksgiving" by Don Henley from his 2000 album "Inside Job." So that album came out in 2000, so that must have just been coming out right during that time. So how did you find that album, and I mean, how did it come into your life at that time? I had some friends that um, that were also um, trying to stop drinking, and they had heard it, and they said, and they knew how much music had meant to me, and they said, you might want to try listening to that specific song. And then, again, I bought the CD and I listened to the whole album and I love the entire album. But this song in particular, I think it has a lot of words of wisdom in it. And I think, um, you know, even today as we were sitting here listening to the song, I couldn't help but get a shiver Um, because um, I have come so very, very far from that day to this day. And and this sums it all up. Hmm. The line that caught me was about unexamined lives. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that's probably part of it for you too, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in order, um, part of of the process of trying to recover is constantly looking at yourself and 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 your shortcomings and 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 dealing with them and dealing with issues cuz earlier you know when we were talking about the 60s I did grow up in this bubble where nothing was wrong and everything was good and 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 I was sheltered from all of 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 the bad in the world and then um and so I really didn't learn a lot of coping skills and I had to learn them, and I've learned them in these 19 years. It's I always had them in me, but um, I never put them into practice. And and again, you know, looking back, I hear this song, and I hear it when I remember hearing it for the first time, and um, who I was from that day when I made that decision, and how my life has changed. I would not be sitting here with you 
had I not made the changes necessary in my life um, because um, I, 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 I just was not a very nice, good person. And, and now today I could say I'm very proud of who I am. You seem pretty nice and good to me. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, did you ever get to see him live? I saw the Eagles live at the Yale Bowl. But not uh, Don Henley. Not Don Henley. And he's come to town. And um, and I really, really wanted to get those tickets. And, I, and they were sold out. So oh, no. I, I never got to see him. Um, he's still playing though, right? I believe so. I believe he's still playing. I think you need to put that on your list. <laughs> that is on the bucket list. <laughs> um, uh, can you explain a little bit what your process was? You said this song was immediately – going to be your song. But kind of what did you do in your head when we presented you with the, you know, that thing we send out that says this is what we want you to think about? Well, I started thinking of different periods of my life. I started thinking about when I was growing up and what what first popped into my head because this song, uh, the Taste of Honey, actually did pop into my head <laughs> um, because, again, it, to me, it screams 60s. But, you know, Love is Blue came into my mind. Um, let it be by the Beatles. Mm-hmm. There was there was just so many that had evoked emotion, but taste of honey. Um, I do like music, and I like all types of music. And because it was a brass band, and it was it was it was vibrant and and happy. Um, that's why I chose that song because that's what my childhood was like. And then, the, like I said, the middle song I had some difficulty with because I do have three children. And I, and, and, and just, you know, that brought back such a fond memory. So this process has really made me look back in my life and say, what were the significant moments and what songs do, do, do you think of in those periods of time? What songs or song would you have been cradling your kids to? Okay, it's a Christmas song, yeah. and it's "Oh Holy Night." Okay, and and it's and any rendition of "Oh Holy Night," um, and it didn't matter. You know, I didn't play it at Christmas time. I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful song, and 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 I would all of them, and they all know the lyrics <laughs> to that song. Um, do you have a favorite band? Seems like you've you've seen a lot of good bands. You've listened to a lot of good music. Is there one that is like is Meatloaf your favorite band? No, is you Meatloaf know, Meatloaf a band. Or a dude? <laughs> Actually, my favorite band is, and I didn't even bring up any of their songs. Um, and they've been around all of my life. Is the Rolling Stones? Okay, and I have seen them perform. And um, and with um, I've there's I've seen their tribute bands. There's a tribute band that plays down. Um, in Southwest Florida, I, and I just love the Stones. I was gonna go to their. Um, they they were playing in Jacksonville. They were playing in Miami, and I just didn't um, make the arrangements to see them this for their final tour. But oh, they've got twenty more yeah, years. Exactly, <laughs> they're not gonna stop. Um, I, the Eagles is another one, um, um, and I've seen them perform. So I've been very fortunate to see some really magnificent. Magnet. I do want to see Elton John um, because the times that I have seen Elton John, both of us were a little impaired. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him several times and I'd like, like to see, see him with a clear head. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I definitely would. Uh, downtown Fort Myers music memories. Do you have any like like a band you got to see during Music Walk or a, a, a musician or just something that ties music and memory in downtown for you? 
Well, I, I think Music Walk, you now that's going into its ninth year. And I think what, um, especially of late, I there's not a favorite band um, that I have. Um, the The event coordinator that has been pulling these bands together, she has been done an excellent job of of diversity. We have one female uh, young girl that is that does solo performances. There's an a cappella band from Cape Coral where I think the average age is 70 and there's 16 of them or 12 of them that performing. There's the Latin Heat. It's it's these young it's young performers and old performers who are getting such joy out of performing. And 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 I think that just the whole thing, the whole concept of Music Walk is so awesome. Now, this year, I'm going to make some changes in that I'm going to do some Music Walks by genre. Like, I'm going to do a Friday Night Fever. Cool. And that's going to be a lot of fun. I want to do a um, uh, celebrate when the rodeo comes to down in January. I want to see if I could get some of those, the pageantry of that to come downtown hmm. and um, um, do a little country western. Um, there's, a, you know, there's there's just so many different great genres. We want to do a decades of 50s and 60s and 70s, and then I will hear all the great music. Yeah. So, hmm. Who is the event coordinator that you just referred to? What's her first name? Her name is Nikki. I know Nikki. Isn't she awesome? I worked with Nikki at the Alliance for the Arts when yes. she was our front desk person there. She is so awesome, and she, she loves music as well. Yeah. And she's done a great job. Of picking different. Hi, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, you know what? We are out of time. So your last task is to give us three names of people who you think we should try to pursue to be on this show. That's that's a tough one. We should start warning people ahead of time about that one. (laughs) Because I'm I'm just trying to think of. Or if you can't come up with three, just one would be fine. All right. um, I'm thinking Andrea Prather. She oh. sings with Danny Morgan. Okay. Or Danny Morgan. Um, have you had Danny? I, no. I didn't see him on your repertoire. No, no, no. Um, you know, do you know? Who I Dan- don't know. No. Danny Morgan is. He has a Danny Morgan band, and he do, he does entertainment for. He's written songs about Captiva, um, and he has a lot of the island feel, and he and he represents um, uh, different artists. Uh, and so I also I'll call Danny and go. I needed steel drummer, and he'll go. Okay, I'll let you one. Okay, gotcha. and, and so so he's one. And Andrea plays in the Danny Morgan band. And um, let me think. Who would be the last one? There's a young lady. Um, she's her name is Gabrielle, and I'll have to give you. I can give you her her information because it's on my phone. Um, uh, she's. She's one of the young ladies that I've talked about. She went to New York for a little bit. She's going to be in town for a couple of months, and then she's going back. Sounds great. And she's – I would say she's in her early 20s. Okay. And she will be performing at Music Walk this – the 20th. Okay. I'll I have, have to come Deb down the, with my daughter and check yeah, her out. Yeah, Deb and the Dynamics. I'm doing a 1K run. We're off, right? 
No, we're still this still the podcast. Devin the Dynamics. We're doing a one K run for this next music walk, and um, Devin the Dynamics are going to be. I I hired a band band to come and Devin's Dynamics, but I'm going to still have some of the performers, and and Gabrielle will. Um, okay. Well, when this comes out, uh, or in the meanwhile, either give us their emails, or connect us, or tag them on Facebook, or do whatever it takes to get their attention, and we'll try to make that happen. Okay. Um, do you have any songs that you'll avoid listening to for? whatever reason? Real last question. No, I actually don't have any songs that I don't because I think, um, you know, going to the Songwriters Festival, which is what is in the sixth year here now, and listening to what goes into creating a song, um, it's a talent that it, it, it's a skill, it's, it's an art form. And and so there's not one song from heavy, 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 heavy metal to hip hop to all, to country western. Those are not typical genres that I listen to, but 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 they're artists, and and I appreciate their 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 talents. I guess. Cool. All right. Well, any final thoughts? I just want to say, I have to say the one line because it really, it, it, it meant, it means so much to me. And this does sum up my life. Um, for every moment of joy, every hour of fear, for every winding road that brought me here, for every breath, for every day of living, this is my Thanksgiving. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. We make this show in the studios of WGCU Public Radio at Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Our online content producer is Tara Calligan. Our executive producer is Chris Duffus. Our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's Parting Tune, I'm going back to Gainesville, Florida in 1993. I just moved there and was working at a golf shop part-time and going to school at Santa Fe Community College as a transient student from Edison Community College. My girlfriend had gotten into UF, so I'd kind of tagged along. At the golf shop, I kept hearing stories about this guy nicknamed Lizard that was apparently quite the character. After about a month, I walked in one day, and a high school friend of mine named Nick was standing there. He and his little brother Tim had played golf with me at Fort Myers High. He also was quite a character. Anyway, I'm like, hey, Nick, what the hell are you doing here? And my coworkers are like, dude, you know Lizard? We all laughed. What a coincidence. Anyway, this song, No Rain by Blind Melon, will always take me back to that pro golf in front of the Oaks Mall in Gainesville because it was in almost perpetual rotation on the radio station we'd play at the shop, and a coworker of mine named Brian just loved to sing along. Uh, simpler times. I'm Mike Canary. Keep listening. <laughs> Next time on Three Song Stories. Built dulcimers. Built dulcimers and, and folk music. I hadn't heard of that summer camp. Oh, Camp Chimney Rock. <laughs> if you watch Dirty Dancing, it's where they filmed Dirty Dancing, the, the camp really? scenes in there. Yeah, that's my old summer camp. Nobody uh, keeps Sam in the corner. No kidding. <laughs> uh.